the book of James I read, chapter 1, verse 18, of his own will begat he us. We were born again of the word of God. All you are, I'm trying to get to your heart is the word of God brings life to the man or the woman who will accept the Savior. For in him is life. Uh, we have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Isn't it wonderful that God has put into your hand, in my hand, Bibles everywhere, and where the word of God is given in the, in the language of the people, they come to know him. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and their life. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell. I'm after your hearts, not your heads, is a refrain often heard by college students in Dr. Mitchell's Bible classes. In his own words, his goal was to help you fall in love with the Savior, and his teachings always tended to fill your mind with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was also a pioneer radio speaker. He was heard live every weekday on radio stations in the Northwest. But by the grace of God, we can still benefit from the ministry and teaching of Dr. John G. Mitchell. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. Jesus answered them, has it not been written in your law, I said, you are gods? If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God? John chapter 10, verses 33 through 36. Dr. Mitchell continues our third and last study in the question of why study the Bible. Here is Dr. Mitchell. Thank you. Good day, friends. Again, we have the joy of coming to you concerning why we should study our Bibles. And this is our third broadcast on this little simple question, why should we study the Bible? And we have found, as we've been reading it, that the Lord made himself known to man by his creative acts, but he has made known his heart and his character, his love and his grace through the word of God. It's God-breathed, it's God's revelation to man. And my friend, again, I say, if God is going to give us a revelation, you can count on one thing, that God's going to make it perfect, and he's going to guard it, and he's going to make it sure. And may it not have to be said about you or me that we do err not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. Now, in our last lesson, we were dealing with the fact that we should study it because it is inexhaustible in its truths. It meets our every need. It's ever satisfying. It's ever new. And then we found it presents the supreme character of Jesus Christ. No one could ever have 
dreamed up such a character as Jesus Christ. That's why I plead with you to read and reread the first four books of the New Testament, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, gives to us the testimony of the person of our Savior. And we were dealing with our, in closing our last lesson, uh, I study it because it gives to me and it will give to you God's plan of redemption. It not only gives to us a picture of man in his sinfulness, in his helplessness, but it gives us the provision God has made to redeem you, to set you free from sin, to grant to you a divine pardon. It tells us how we can come before God and enjoy absolute forgiveness. He comes along and tells us that he has made the provision whereby everyone who puts their trust in his Son will never again see their sins. That when you and I who trust the Savior and we stand in the presence of God, you know, friend, no one can produce any evidence of our sinfulness. My, what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Savior we have. This is the redemption, and it's very simple. All God asks of men is to put their trust in his Son. Now, let me go on from there. The fourth thing I want to give to you, fourth reason why I should study my Bible, if possible, every day, it's because it's a life-giving word. A life-giving word. I'm talking about spiritual life, eternal life, satisfying life, resurrection life, indwelling life. I'm using those words because I find them in the New Testament. You, for example, in John chapter 20, verse 31, John writes, These things have I written unto you that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and by believing in him you will have life in his name. Our Lord Jesus said in John 6, 63, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they're life. In the book of James, I read, chapter 1, verse 18, Of his own will begat he us. We were born again of the word of God. All you, what I'm trying to get to your heart is, the word of God brings life to the man or the woman who will accept the Savior. For in him is life. And when I come into right relationship with Jesus Christ through his word, I receive eternal life resurrection life, incorruptible life. For example, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 and 24, I read, uh, We have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Isn't it wonderful that God has put into your hand, in my hand, the Bible's everywhere, and where the word of God is given, in the, in the language of the people, they come to know him, irrespective of their background. This is a staggering thing. Some of the wisest, wisest men of the world, some of the most intelligent men of the world, and some of the poorest and ignorant men of the world, all have come to the same place where they have found real, real life real satisfaction, peace of heart, peace of mind in Christ Jesus. I tell you, my friend, you can't afford, you simply can't afford 
to live in this world and not know something of the Word of God. This is the burden of my heart, even for Christians, that they would spend more time in the Word of God. What do you know about the Savior with whom you're going to live eternally? I want to know about him, don't you? I'm going to spend eternity with him. Not just three score years and ten down here on earth, but eternity. Ah, it's a wonderful thing. And I'm talking to you, friend. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, but I tell you one thing. You can't grow in spiritual life nor in the power of God without the Word of God. And remember that Satan is very, very clever in deceiving people. He'll even quote the Bible and leave something out. He'll misquote it. Remember, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they're life. Why should I study my Bible? Because it'll guide me through life. And believe me, we need some guidelines today, do we not? In a world that is gone, I was going to use a, a poor word. I'm going to use it. When the world has gone kaflui, if you know what I mean, uh, all over the world you have lawlessness, corruption, nobody knows what a day is going to bring forth. Foundations have been broken. Now I need guidelines. How can I live in this age? And as it increasingly becomes more and more lawless and more sinful and more corrupt, how can I as a Christian live? Ah, friend, we need the word of God. The 119th Psalm, verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Isn't that wonderful? The Spirit of God through the Word of God will guide you through the shoals and the quicksands and the storms and the sorrows and the afflictions of life. But Mr. Mitchell, I fail so much, yes? The Bible gives provision for that. The Bible is a moral cleanser. You know, I like what John Bunyan said. It was on the flyleaf of his Bible. You remember he said, This book will keep me from sin. But sin will keep me from this book. And I want to say that I, after being a pastor for many years, dealing with hundreds of people, hundreds upon hundreds of people, I have found this, that when people get away from God, and I've asked the question, what was the first step in your departure from God in his fellowship? And nearly all the time, nearly every time, they say, Mr. Mitchell, we began to neglect the word of God. You can't neglect the word of God and be spiritual. The word of God is a moral cleanser. It's what David said in the 119th Psalm, Verses 9 and 11, when he said, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? But by taking heed according to thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. In John 15, 3, Jesus said, You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. It's a moral cleanser. It'll keep you clean. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, where Paul writes that God is going to cleanse the church by the washing of water by the word. And believe me, our society is corrupt because they have thrown out the Bible. 
Our condition today is due to the fact that the Word of God has been thrown out. As I said here in one of the preceding broadcasts, when you throw out the Word of God, you throw in, you let lawlessness come in. You take lawless lives, they're lawless because the Word of God has no place. And when a lawless one takes the Word of God and accepts a Savior, they become transformed. And I could, I could tell you, my friend, the thrill one gets, as we have seen people absolutely transformed. Last summer, I was thrilled at the navigators at their conference in Colorado last summer when a young man from New York, from the eastern states, from New York, I believe it was, he'd been in jail, in prison, in penitentiary. He was on dope. He had, he had robbed people. He was just a bad egg. In fact, he was the head of a, one of these gangs. And when he was in jail, somebody gave him a Bible. And he began to read the Bible. And in his cell, in the jail, he came to know the Savior through the reading of the Word of God. And he told me personally, he said, you know, Mr. Mitchell, when I came out of the jail, I didn't know where to turn, but I knew one thing. I was through with dope and all the rest of it. I was, a, I was clean. The Lord had really saved me. And I tell you, my friend, you know what he's doing now, by the way? Every chance he gets, he goes into the jails in the east and penitentiaries and talks to the men about how the Lord transformed him through Jesus Christ, the living word of God. And he came into contact with the living word by reading the written word. Ah, the Spirit of God means business. And again, I say to you, if I'm talking to you, and, you, and if you mean business with God, he'll meet your need. I'm not afraid of that. I say that unhesitatingly. If your heart is open, not trying to alibi or, or rationalize your unbelief, if you're open to the Word of God, get alone with the Bible. Ask the Lord to make it real to you. He's ready. He's more willing to meet your need than you are to have that need met. Now, I challenge you on that. You can do it. He's done it for others. He'll do it for you. May I give you the seventh thing that I've got here? Why should I study my Bible? Because it's the only book that gives me confidence concerning the future. You know, the Bible declares the eternal state of the unbeliever. Oh, yes. Jesus said in John 12, 48, just before he went to the cross, he said one of the last words to the Jews of his day was, you have one that judgeth you. He said, I don't need to judge you. You have one that judgeth you. The word that I have spoken unto you the same shall judge you in that day. Men are saved through the word of God. Men are judged by the word of God. You see, friend, I'm talking about the reason why we should study our Bibles. And if sinners are saved by the word of God, the spirit of God using the word of God in open heart, that same word, brings judgment on the one who rejects the revelation. No man can say to God, I didn't know. God has revealed himself. In the pagan world, he has revealed himself through creation. In our land here in America, 
He has revealed himself not only through creation, but through his own precious word. I tell you, my friend, the Bible gives a wonderful hope for the believer. How well I know that. I said a while ago, I've spent quite a number of years in the pastorate, and I could, I could talk to you about dear, dear people, ready for glory, ripe for heaven. Hope? <laughs> I should say so. Hope? In fact, they say, don't sorry for me. Don't be feel sorry for me. And don't pray for me, Brother Mitchell, to stay here. I want to go home. Ah, the Word of God gives us that hope. It's always nice to go home. And when you get to heaven, Christian friend, you've just gone home. It's a wonderful thing, I say, to have a home to which you can go. If I'm talking to you, unsaved friend, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? You see, when I'm dead, I'm dead. Yes? I got some news for you. The Word of God, God has revealed in His Word concerning you too. The unsaved are going to be raised from the dead, but raised for judgment. And they're going to be judged. As our Lord said, every idle word is going to come into judgment. And unless you've been cleansed by the precious blood of Christ, unless you've been brought into right relationship with a Savior, you've got to stand before Jesus Christ and he's going to be your judge. The very one you rejected, the one you laughed about and scorned and spurned, he will be your judge. As John chapter 5 says, the Father hath committed all judgment to the Son because he is the Son of Man. May I just close by saying this? What we are in our lives, day by day, is going to be determined by what place we give the Word of God in our lives. What place do you give it? We are not only to read it, we are to appropriate it. What do you mean by that? Make it your own. Make it your own. So that as you read it, God talking to you personally, as if you were the only person in the world the only person in the universe. As you read the Word of God, He's talking to you. He's talking to me. In Him is life. This is what the Bible says in John 1, 4. In Him is life. God is the author of life. And until I come into right relationship with Him, I'm under the sentence of an eternal death. Isn't it wonderful that in this blessed book he has not only revealed his person and his character, but his marvelous provision, not only for our salvation, not only to keep us daily from sin, but to give us that wonderful hope that one of these days we're going to see him face to face. And when we see him, we shall be just like him. And this blessed hope is based on the faithfulness of God to his word. Not your faithfulness. <laughs> if it depended upon your faithfulness or my faithfulness, not one of us would ever get there. We'd be damned eternally. My friend, God has revealed himself to us in Jesus Christ. 
God has given to us and communicated to us in his blessed word, the scriptures. He has given to us the revelation not only of himself, but of his purposes, of his counsel, of his ways. He wants you to know him personally. Then he wants you to know his purposes for you personally too. And he wants you to know his ways among men. And he wants you to know the hope that he has laid up in store for those who will put their trust in his son, Jesus Christ. So why don't we get into the Bible, read it, reread it, reread it, meditate? What do you mean by that? Chew the cud. When you say that a cow is chewing the cud, you just mean that that cow is meditating. Same word used, by the way. Do you remember he chews it and swallows it and brings it up and chews it some more? We do the same thing. Take a verse and chew it all you can and go back to it and chew it some more. And you'll never, never get to the end of the truth that God has revealed in his word. Trouble is, and I'll be very frank to say it, the great trouble with us Christians is we believe the Bible. You believe everything that I have said about the Bible. And you'll agree with me, we should study the word of God. We should know the word of God. We should not be ignorant of the word of God. Then why in the world don't we get down to business and get to know it? God has given us teachers pastors, to instruct you, to build you up in the faith and give you the revelation not only for the present, but for all eternity. I know where I'm going, and I'm one of these days I'm going to see him face to face, and when I see him, I'm going to be just like Jesus Christ, his son. This is the hope he's given to us, to spend eternity an unbroken, wonderful fellowship with him. Now get down to business and read that book. And the Lord bless you. Today he lives for me.
Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.